So we are in week two of this series that we're in called Break Free. And just like in that video that we showed at the beginning of the message, uh, man, there's things in life that are chasing us down or that keep us caged in like a baby in a, what are those called? Crib, thank you. Of, of like all the people in this room, I'm like one of the only people that currently has a baby, but... Um, but I don't know what a crib's called. He doesn't sleep in a crib anymore, Jacob. He sleeps on the ground. <laughs> uh, don't worry, there's a mattress there. Uh, we just don't have a bed frame for him yet. And so uh, just pray that the black widows don't find him first. So, <laughs> but we all have things in life that we want to experience freedom from. For me, Snakes are one of them, all right? If I was like that iguana thing, Colin, just because you're weird doesn't mean you need to shake your head at me, all right? You want Satan himself living in a little glass box in your bedroom. I don't understand that, okay? Snakes, huh? Snakes are what deceived us. <laughs> it's not all snakes. It was just the serpent, okay? It was like snakes, all of them are the deceiver, okay? All right? And so last week, what did we talk about? Justine, what did we talk about last week? Do you remember? Huh? Sarah, was Justine here last week? Oh, my word. Yeah, what? Quiet time. We talked about having a quiet time, right? And how we experience freedom by having a quiet time because that's how we experience relationship with God. It's a privilege for us to be able to commune with God and have a relationship with him. And we experience freedom from things that are difficult in life by having God along with us and as a part of our lives, all right? And so tonight, we're going to talk about another spiritual discipline that allows us to experience freedom. See, the reason we're talking about spiritual disciplines, but we call the series Break Free, is that we want you guys to understand that spiritual disciplines, I mentioned this last week, spiritual disciplines are not a list of rules and laws that we have to follow to be like good little Christian boys and girls, okay? And if you've spent much time reading the Bible, you know about Jesus and God and the way that they view us, God knows that we're sinners and that there's nothing that we can do to change that. There's nothing that you or I can do on our own. We could never act good enough to change the fact that we're sinners, okay? And so it's not about following all the right rules. See, in the Old Testament and the people that, like, then in the New Testament, the people that were against Jesus, the Pharisees, they thought that life and about being a good follower of God was all just following these laws, these rules, right? And there were hundreds and hundreds of rules that they'd memorize and they'd have to follow. That's not what spiritual disciplines are, right? That's not what they are. And so maybe you think in terms of like the way you feel like your parents have these things, right? These rules that you have to follow. And if you don't, if you break a rule, you might get disciplined. That's a different use of the word. So what we want you guys to understand through this series is that a spiritual discipline, man, is just a habit that you create for good things in your life and to experience freedom. And we're going to talk about our next one tonight in just a minute. But before we do that, I want to talk to you guys about our next series that we're going to have coming up in a few weeks, okay? So on your table, you have a card that says, ask us anything, all right? 
Jackson's holding it up. If you have one on your table, go ahead and grab it. And you can see we posted on our uh, warehouse Instagram story today a picture of that card, and it actually says, ask us about the Bible, Jesus, church, anything, and we'll use them next month. And uh, last time I checked, none of you responded, so good for you. Um, You didn't see it. You should be getting, you need to turn on post notifications for us, okay? All right. Um, But seriously, you don't have to ask them in Instagram. Just write any questions you have on that card, turn them in. They can be anonymous, guys. This could be like the hardest, deepest question you've thought of. It could be about some sin that you feel like you just can't be forgiven of. It could be anything. We want you guys to write those questions on those cards. You don't have to put your name on them at all. Just put them in the barrel. And we want to spend a few weeks next month looking at questions that you guys have. All right? So it could be a question about your personal relationship with Jesus, a question about how you receive forgiveness. It could also just be a question about like, man, I read this story in the Bible and it makes absolutely zero sense to me. Write that down. Turn it in. Give it to your leader, whatever. If you're afraid somebody's going to see it, fold it in half and turn it into the barrel. And we're going to go through and we're going to find as many questions as we can answer in a few weeks. All right? And we'll start that in June. And we're really excited about it. Natalia probably just turned in one that just says, can we get pizza next week? (laughs) Why is Sarah so loud? Can you tell her to calm down? Uh, I actually... (laughs) Honestly, I don't have an answer for that one. I've wondered it many times. Um, Okay, so, but seriously, guys, write write a question on there. We want to talk to you guys about questions that you have about everything. In fact, the series, we're probably going to call it Asking for a Friend, questions you have been dying to ask. Because in life, there's a lot of things that we wonder. And if you guys were to sit there and try to tell me that there's no questions you have about God, you've got all the answers you need, you're a liar. Because there's a ton of stuff that I don't know, and I have to go and find out. And that's part of having a relationship with God is learning more and more about him. All right? So ask us those questions. We want to hear about them. So open up your outlines. Open up your outlines. And uh, if you have your Bible with you, perfect. I don't have a specific uh, passage for you to turn to right now. Um, just know that you guys are going to, we're going to kind of be bouncing around and uh, you guys will be in, um, Sarah, what's our scripture of focus tonight? Do you have the outline in front of you? Yeah, Matthew six twenty four. So if you want to turn there, uh, you can, and that's where you'll be for your small group discussion time, but we're going to be kind of bouncing around tonight, all right? And I want to talk to you guys about the spiritual discipline of giving, okay? Giving, and, and uh, while it's good for us to give to other people, to share our things with people, you know, share with the poor, whatever, we're specifically talking about the spiritual gift of giving an offering back to God, all right? And so you guys, if you've grown up in church, you've heard about this You've probably heard your parents talk about like giving an offering. Maybe you've heard the word tithe before. Tithe uh, is kind of a really strange word, and it, it's, that's how you spell it right there, T-I-T-H-E, tithe. And it's a really old word that just means giving one-tenth of what you've gotten. Giving one-tenth of what you've gotten. And, and in fact, guys, we're called uh, by Scripture to tithe from the first of what we get. So basically what that means is, man, when, if we get paid, if you get an, an allowance, the first thing you should do with it is take 10% right off the top, all right? And so my parents would help me out 
um, when I was young to try and teach me to tithe. Um, and they said, AJ, you know, for your allowance, we could give you, you know, we could give you $5. We could give you $20, $30. That's going to make the tithe difficult to figure out. So we're just going to give you 10 dimes. And you can have a dollar, and you just put that one dime back. And then I had 90 cents, and good for me. I could not buy anything, all right? Yeah. But back in my parents' day, they'd be like, oh, back in my day with 90 cents, we'd go to the moving picture store, get a piece of licorice, and have change, okay? Because um, my parents are old. My dad turned 61 yesterday. Oh, man. They're not that old. How many of you, any of you guys have old parents? Any of you just think your parents are old? Have any of you ever said to your parents, oh, my gosh, you're so old? Okay. Good. All right. Yeah, no, we've all done that before, okay? Any of you have a parent that at some point in your life have said, back in my day, anybody? All right. Now, when I was your age, all right, when I was your age, I had to hike to school uphill in the snow both ways, all right? Yeah, barefoot, all right? Yeah, that, okay, Jackson, he's got a good impression, just so you know. It involved a cane and everything. <laughs> All right, but seriously, tonight we want to talk to you guys about giving or giving a tithe and why it's important because, guys, this isn't something that we should take lightly. All right? This can be a hard thing for us to do because many of us, man, if, if we get an allowance, we might not get a lot. And so it can be hard for us to immediately take that $1 or $5, whatever it is, off the top and give that back to God. But what we want you guys to understand tonight is that that's an important practice that teaches us to love God, and it helps us experience freedom from some things in the world that can really hurt us, okay? So the first reason that I want to give you of why we should give or bring an offering, guys, so fill this in your first fill-in, is that it is a command. It is a command, all right? Fill that in on your outline. The first reason that we give an offering is that it's a command. Scripture tells us to do it. It's not an option or a suggestion, but it is a command. In Leviticus chapter 27, verse 30, it says, One-tenth of the produce of the land, whether grain from the fields or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord and must be set apart to him is holy. Now, this passage is talking about plants, you know, grain, fruit, and that kind of stuff. And that's because when this was wit written way back a long time ago, the Leviticus is way back in the Old Testament. This is like all the laws that before Jesus came, that's where they found all those rules, right? And so basically, they didn't have money, right? Because they just traded the things that they had. So a shepherd, he'd have sheep and he'd trade some wool to, you know, a grape grower, and that guy had grapes. And so that was basically their money, the produce that they had. What's wrong, grapes or wool, Ania? Oh, the pizza, okay. Oh, man, that's a bummer. That's okay, I'll forgive you, <laughs> right? But this passage is telling us that they were commanded to give one-tenth of the produce that they grew or the stuff that the the things that they had. So anytime that they made a product, they were commanded to give one-tenth of it back. And in fact, in that time, it was a law. And if you were Jewish, you had to give one-tenth of your money or your land or your produce or your sheeps to the temple. And it was called a temple tax. 
all right? And it really was a law, and if you broke it, you would be persecuted, prosecuted, persecuted and prosecuted, okay? But then Jesus came along and changed things for us, and we see a lot of what Jesus is doing is that he's abolishing the law, and he says things like, I didn't come to fulfill the law, right? I, Jesus was more about bringing love and fulfilling the payment that we owe because of our sin. That's what Jesus came for. So he's like, I didn't come to just like make you guys follow the law. I came that we would be above the law. And so the way that Jesus changed things is that, man, we don't give just because we're commanded to. We don't give because it's a law. We give because we love God. And that's what Jesus brought to us is he brought the love that God has for us to earth. And in turn, we get to reciprocate that. And one of the ways that we do that is by giving back the things that God has given us. And so the next feeling that you, that you guys have on your outline is that, yes, it is a command, but it is to be done willingly and cheerfully. Willingly and cheerfully. Willingly and cheerfully. Obviously, we know what those words mean. Willingly means that you want to do it, right? You're willing. You're not being forced into it. It's not a law, right? It's this idea that I don't drive 140 miles per hour on the highway. I do that willingly because I know that's dangerous. You don't have to make a law that says don't drive that fast. I won't drive that fast. I don't even think my car could go that fast. right? And then cheerfully means, that's like talking about the attitude of our heart, that we don't give just angrily or like, do any of you guys have chores that your parents make you do, and when they make you do it, you just think like, fine, right? Has anyone ever said, uh, fine before? I know I have, okay, right? Liam's really good about like this kind of attitude right now, bless you, because he's six, and so what, he'll be like angry about something, freaking out. And we'll tell him to stop. And he'll be like, what? I stopped. And we're like, okay, it's more about that attitude than, you know, throwing rocks at the house or whatever, right? It's about the attitude of our heart. So giving is to be done willingly and cheerfully. Second uh, Corinthians chapter 9 says, and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. Right? Now, this is the stickiest part of this lesson tonight because I think there's a lot of people in the church that hide behind this verse. There's a lot of people in the church that give and they hate giving. There's a lot of people in the church that feel that giving their offering is a chore and every month when they write that check, they hate it. And this passage tells us that God loves people who give cheerfully. So I, I really do think that if we're just writing a check out of this, like, sense of chore, that's not doing anything for our heart, and we're not really in communion with God when we do that. Because God doesn't say, hey, follow these rules because I'm an angry God that makes you follow rules. He says, have community with me because I love you, and that's what I want. That's why he loves a cheerful giver. 
because he wants us to come and take part in this relationship that he has with us. But there's a lot of people in the church, I believe, that hide behind this verse and they go, well, you know, I don't make a lot of money and if I gave, you know, if I gave an offering, I know the Bible tells me that I should, but it also tells me if I'm not happy about it that I shouldn't do it and so I'm just not going to do it because it would make me upset. And unfortunately, there's a lot of people that do that and they just hide behind that. And they've never given themselves the opportunity to experience the freedom that comes from sharing, giving back to God the things that he's given them. Guys, it's hard for me to tithe. It's hard for us to give back. It is a sacrifice. It's not easy. Any adult in this room would tell you, man, that's a sacrifice. But we've all chosen to say that's a sacrifice I'm willing to make because I love God and I understand where everything that I have comes from. And so I do it cheerfully because, man, I want to give back to God. I want to thank him. I want this to be a way for me to thank him for what he's done for me and for me to experience community and relationship with him. So I want you guys to understand that is where the line is drawn where that's not a spiritual discipline that is just a rule that you have to follow and if you don't follow it, you're bad and you deserve a timeout. That's not what God says. But it's also not an opportunity for us to just go, man, if I'm not, you know, until this isn't a sacrifice for me, I just won't be happy and so I won't do it. The reality is, is you could be the most wealthy person on earth and giving away 10% of what you have is gonna be a sacrifice. And so if you're waiting for it to feel easy or for it to feel like it's not a sacrifice to make you happy, you're waiting for the wrong thing. And so I would encourage you guys as you are challenged to continue giving or begin giving to not hide behind that. To make the decision to make that sacrifice right off the top. And that's why we're called to do it at the very beginning. One thing that people make the mistake of doing is like they get their allowance or their paycheck and they've already got, you know, shoes planned that they're going to buy, a movie that they're going to go to, end game that they're going to see for the fourth time that week because they just have to because maybe it'll, maybe the ending will be different. (laughs) But God says to take it right off the top. And honestly, that makes it easier because when we give that 10% right off the top, Boom, it's gone, and now we don't have to worry about it. But the hardest thing to do is to start spending your money and then get to the end of the pay period and go, or like of your allowance time, you know, the end of the month or whatever, and you're like, oh, I don't have 10% left. Like, what do I do, right? You guys get that? Okay, the next reason why we give is because it belongs to God anyway. It belongs to God anyway. The things that we have belong to God. They're they're not ours. The money you get, the AirPods you have in your ear right now, those belong to God. Your friend's AirPod that you have in your ear right now, that belongs to your friend and also God. Right? The things that we have belong to God. Psalm chapter 24 verse 1 says, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to him. The earth is whose? 
And how much of it? The world and all its people belong to who? Him, God. The things that we have don't belong to us. The stuff you've got, the money you've got, those are things that God gave to you. And he's entrusting you with them to be used wisely. Right? There's a passage that says, whoever can be trusted with little will be trusted with much, and whoever cannot be trusted with little will not be trusted with much. And that just talks about this idea that, man, if we can take the little that God gives us and we can be trusted with it, we'll be blessed. Right? So there's this illustration that... um, if I had money, we'd use money to walk you guys through it, but I don't have any money, so we're, I'm just going to explain it. So here's what we're going to do, okay? So this table right here, Emma, your small group, okay? Girls, you guys are the bank, okay? You guys are the bank. And so, like, you guys are each bank tellers, all right? And you're the bank that everybody else in the room goes to, to what do banks do? Do uh, they give, get, hold money? Yeah. Sorry, I'll move so I'm not squeaky. That's my fault, all right? Banks, banks store money, okay? They do a lot of other things, but we trust them to store our money, okay? And so if you have a bank account and you get paid, you take your money to the bank so that, uh, that they'll hold on to it and it's, got, it's a safe place to store your money. So basically you're trusting the bank to do what they've said that they're going to do. You're trusting the bank to hang on to your money so that when you do want it, you can come get it, right? So let's imagine for a second that this is our bank and we all bring our money to the bank and we make a deposit to the bank and now the bank, each of you guys has $20, all right? We'll just make it even. It's like communism. We all have the same amount of money and we just deposit it into the bank. So we've all deposited $20 into the bank Some of us have AirPods that we're going to put into a safe deposit box so that our junior high pastor doesn't steal them from us. And and so we go to the bank, and then some time passes, all right? Some time passes. And Natalia, you decide, I've been wise with my money. The bank's been keeping it safe for me. I want to go... I don't know what you want to do, but you want to go take your $20 out of the bank and you go to the bank and you say, yeah, I'd like my $20 back, please. And the bank says, sorry, we spent it. And then Eli, he goes to the bank because he wants his money back and the bank says, sorry, we spent that too. Just let's just go with my illustration for now. We'll do an economics lesson next week, okay? And then eventually we all decide we want our money back, so we go back to the bank, and the bank has spent all of our money. Is that fair that the bank spent our money? No, it's not. When you get picked up by your parents tonight, ask them why your money at the bank accrues interest. They'll explain that, but we're not going to get into that tonight because the bank actually does spend your money, but they're going to give you a little bit extra back. You know, we'll spend your 20, but we'll give you a quarter on top, you know, for letting us do that. But your parents will explain that, okay? They've spent all of our money. Is it fair for them to do that? 
Who did the money belong to? Did the money belong to the bank? But we entrusted the money to the bank. So we entrusted the money to the bank, but it's not up to them to spend it how they choose? Why not? Because it doesn't belong to them. Shame on you, bank. You need the AirPods, all right? So guys, the point of this illustration is that the things God gives us are like that money that we've given to the bank. And guess who the bank is? Us. God says, I'm trusting things to you to use them wisely, to keep them safe. And when God wants his stuff back, are we going to say, oh, no. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, wait. No, that's wrong. The point is, guys, that God is entrusting us with things that belong to him, and it's our responsibility to use them wisely. And when we show that we can use them wisely, He'll trust us with more. If you were to give $20 to a bank and then when you went to get it back, they'd lost it, you wouldn't keep doing business with that bank. But if you were to give $20 to a bank and then a year later you went back to get it and they were like, hey, guess what? Just because we love you, here's five more dollars. You'd keep doing business with that bank. Guys. I'm 31. I own a house and two cars. I know what interest is, okay? You don't have to explain it to me. Sometimes. James chapter 1, verse 17 says, Whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God the Father. The things that we have in our life, guys, belong to God, and they're given to us by God. And we're entrusted to use them wisely. And lastly, guys, this is the main point of tonight that we want you guys to understand because we're talking about breaking free is that giving frees us from the grip of greed. Giving frees us from the grip of greed. It's on on the screen. Giving frees us from the grip of greed. Guys, what I want you to understand is that the things that God gives us, when we, when we hold on to them with an open hand, when we're willing to give them back to God, when we're ready to love God enough to change our heart and the way we view the things that we have, if we can view what we have as God's, we will own those things with an open hand and we won't have that grip of greed on them. The point is, guys, that, that what we want you to understand is that the world will tell you that getting more, having more, that's the goal. And if that's what you're pursuing, you're constantly going to be owned by that goal. Your entire life will be consumed by making more, getting more, becoming richer buying the best stuff. And anybody that tells you that that money can buy happiness, you guys have heard that old, that old phrase, money can't buy happiness. Man, if, if money and stuff 
is your entire focus, there's something that has a grip on your heart, and that thing is greed, and you're never going to feel free. But when you're willing to see the things that God gives you as something that belongs to him and you're willing to give them back, you're showing God, God, I know this isn't mine and I'm willing to be sacrificial with it. I'm willing to be open with it. And so you don't have that thing like just weighing over your entire life, right? Matthew chapter 6, verse uh, 24 says, no one can serve two masters. So if you think you can serve God, love God, and love money, you can't. You can't serve two masters. So you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. Listen, this whole verse has been talking about being a slave to two masters, and all of a sudden it pinpoints what it means. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. It's on purpose that this passage is is saying that loving God and loving money are opposites. And you can't do both. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. So if you still have that grip of greed on your life, you're not open to relationship with God. 1 Timothy chapter 6. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And some people craving money have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. Guys, the point is that if we're controlled by money, if we're controlled by constantly getting more, that causes people to walk away from their relationship with Jesus. And so, tonight... How is giving and offering, how do we experience freedom by doing that? Guys, we experience freedom by being able to say, God, money is not my pursuit. Money is not my focus. Money is not the thing that I love. You are. And I'm willing to have everything else with an open hand so that I can have you. So we're going to worship together as the band is coming out. And guys, Money and worship don't really go hand in hand very often. But what I want you guys to understand is that worship, we've said this before, is how we show worth to God. And if God is worth more to you than anything else, then in this moment of worship, we get to have a minute to just say, God, you are worth more than anything else in my life. You're worth more to me than that 10% of my allowance. God, I love you. I thank you for what you're doing. And then tonight, you you guys are going to go into your small groups. You're going to have an opportunity to discuss this some more, why we give, how we give. And I would challenge you guys to start giving if you don't already. Is it a sacrifice? Yes. Is it difficult at times? Yes. Is it freeing? Absolutely. Absolutely. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, God, we love you so much. We thank you for tonight. God, we thank you for who you are. And uh, man, we thank you for your word. Give us the strength to do things that are hard, but we know they're the right thing to do. Help us to search our heart 
and to know that you are more valuable than anything else we have in our lives. Challenge us to give back from the things that you've given us. And God, tonight I pray that we would just begin to see that all of the things that we have come from you, belong to you. So God, we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.